today on the Tearsheet Podcast. So when COVID hit, uh, what we what we were able to do was continue serving our customers in a responsible way and in a very surgical way because different customers ended up having different needs for capital at that time. And so one thing that we're particularly proud of is that we never stopped originating through the pandemic. We kept serving our customers through the the you know the, there was there was a three or six months of really difficult times back in twenty uh, in in twenty twenty where we did an incredible job of serving our customers and and not going offline. Welcome to the Tearsheet Podcast. I'm Tearsheet Editor in Chief Zach Miller. Many of the firms we cover are moving towards becoming a one-stop shop for their customers. Looking to deeply service their constituency, they're converging on becoming full-service banks, whether or not they actually have a license. Fundbox, a provider of financial services to small businesses, isn't necessarily going that route. It's staying particularly focused on serving its clients' cash flow needs with working capital, so it goes beyond what a traditional lender might do, but it's not taking the full plunge into banking. The firm's CEO, Prashant Faloria, joins me on the podcast to talk about how SMBs are coping with the pandemic's challenges and how Fundbox has evolved to serve them. We also catch up on where the firm is in its own growth cycle. Fundbox has grown. It surpassed a $100 million run rate last year and raised a $100 million round in a Series D financing, valuing the company at over a billion dollars. Lastly, we look out into the future to see what Fundbox is cooking up. We'll hear from Funbox CEO Prashant Faloria in a second. But first, an announcement. Tearsheet's annual marketing conference, Acquire, is coming up online and free this February 22nd. At its finale, we'll be recognizing and celebrating the very best players in marketing, customer acquisition, and growth in financial services. Last year, we awarded some major players like Current, Truist, Shopify, and Ally. Do you think you have what it takes? Then head on over to the Tearsheet website to register today. Applications are open to the Acquire Awards through February 16th. Fundbox is a financial platform for small businesses. And what I mean by that is we have built a platform using technology and in particular AI to deliver financial services to small business owners to help them better run and grow their businesses. And we offer a variety of tools, especially on the financing, credit and payment side to help these small businesses grow and reach their full potential. Now, I know Funbox, having spoken to you guys over the years, um, you were one of the first in, in sort of on this next generation of online lenders, right? So, we think of ourselves as a company that is building a number of products uh, across the financial needs of our customers. We've definitely got a deep focus on credit. Um, and in particular, a short-term working capital is what we started with. The origin of the company was around unlocking all of those capital uh, assets that were locked up in unpaid invoices owed to small businesses. Mm-hmm. And so we really started off by helping companies unlock those funds that they could use to run. And from that very core of working capital, uh, we ex- we've expanded both towards more conventional credit, longer duration term loans, something that we've started doing, but also deeper into payments. 
where we have launched a payables product that help our customers make uh, make their critical business payments. So we we definitely we're definitely online. We're a digital company. We uh, customers use us exclusively through our you know, web and mobile interfaces. And we and we do lend. We we have a credit component, but we are really more broadly focused on uh, financial services with a with an eye on cash flow uh, for uh, for our customers. So it goes beyond what a traditional online lender might might provide. Do you see Fundbox moving into sort of a, a, a primary banking role for your customers? So. In many ways, we Whether are providing more. In many ways, we are providing more and more services to our customers to help them with their cash flows. We don't necessarily see ourselves as being a full-fledged alternative for a bank. That's not our current goal. There's a lot of value that we can add across these products that typically are used in in concert with a bank. So, um, to just give you an example, we have a working capital tool that lets our customers connect their business bank account to Fundbox and within minutes get access to credit on tap that is served up through an ATM-like experience, except that our customers are drawing funds from Fundbox as opposed to their bank account. We're using the bank account as a source of data. In much the same way as a customer could connect their accounting software, have us look at their account receivables, and then draw funds against their invoices, except that we're using their invoices as a source of data as opposed to packing their invoices. So we we provide all of these tools for our customers to be able to get access to funds, to be able to make their payments. And but we're not necessarily at this point in time trying to rebuild or build out an entire the, the entire set of capabilities that a bank would provide. Our customers use Fundbox alongside alongside their bank. Got it. That makes sense. So, so let's drill down into into the customer set. Who are these companies? Um, what kind of defines yeah. them? So, we serve small businesses, uh, and I'd like to highlight a particular a couple of things that are particular to our customer base. First of all, we serve the smaller end of small businesses. So, the word SMB in the U.S. is uh, in the U.S. covers businesses as small as sole proprietors all the way to five hundred employees. We, we serve the small end of small businesses. So typically sole proprietors, businesses that have a, up to a, couple, a few dozen employees. So businesses that could be making as little as you know, a few hundred thousand dollars in revenue all the way to a few million dollars in revenue. So that's sort of the customer base in terms of size. But the other thing that's perhaps a little more unique about what we do is we serve a lot of B2B small businesses. So small businesses that serve other businesses. So you and I as consumers, when we think small business, we often think about B2C small businesses because we're consumers. So we think about a restaurant. But for every restaurant, there are many other businesses that provide services or products for them, like people bringing food from the farm to the restaurant or people that provide cleaning or staffing services. So it turns out that in the US, there are about 20 million. So 20 million out of the 30 million SMBs in the US are actually B2B in nature. And that's a lot of what we focus on because these B2B small businesses have some of the same challenges as everybody else. They have to hire people. They have to acquire customers and all of that. 
But in addition, they invoice their clients and then they wait to get paid. And so if you were to add up all those unpaid invoices that are due to a small business, typically a B2B small business, that's about a trillion dollars in the US alone. So unlocking that trillion dollars was the original idea behind Fundbox, something that's still a big part of what we do. And of course, you've expanded over time to serve other kinds of financing needs. So, so given the, the small businesses' needs, um, Prashant, you mentioned you know a variety of the different products in, in, a, in a few of your earlier answers. Can we talk about, I guess, the, the breadth of the, the product set um, for your customers? Absolutely. So today, the Funbox platform uh, provides sort of a few things. Again, core to what we do is working capital. So depending on, on your needs and depending on how you're connecting with Funbox. Each of our customers is has connected some business system to Funbox, sometimes more than one, an accounting software system, an invoicing app, a, a, you know, an e-commerce platform, or just your business bank account. Depending on, depending on the data connections, we offer different experiences. So you could be opening up the Funbox mobile app and drawing funds directly. You could be accessing us through uh, some of our partners, uh, such as QuickBooks, um, where we are embedded into their experience and drawing funds inside the QuickBooks experience, but working with Fundbox. So there's a core of working capital that is that is a big part of our platform, served up in different experiences for different kinds of customers based on their needs. In addition, three other things that we've been ramping up on over the course of last year, there is longer duration credit. So we launched a term loan product uh, back about a year ago, which is doing extremely well. We launched a product called FlexPay, which is this payables product where our customers are using a virtual account that we provide to them to inside their payroll systems or their bill pay systems to be able to get flexibility and peace of mind with their payments. So what I mean by that is you're a business owner, you need to run payroll, it's Friday evening, you don't know if you have enough money in your bank account that you've connected to your payroll system to make sure that your payroll goes through. And there's a check coming in from a customer that has been deposited, but you're not sure if it, if it has cashed out or not. And so very often our customers have to figure out how to deal with the timing of in, incoming and outgoing cash flows. We simplify all this by giving the customer a, a virtual account that they can put into whatever systems they're using. They're, they're payroll system or their bill pay system. And when they use the Fundbox uh, uh, platform, we are making payroll on their behalf. The payroll transaction comes to us. We fund the payroll transaction. We give the business owner some flexibility around how they want to fund that transaction. Do they want to mix and match from different bank accounts? Do they want to put the transaction on their card or pay it off in easy installments? So that's sort of our payables product, which is also part of our platform. And then we recently added Another thing to our platform, which is insights, so just giving a customer very, very simple uh, views into their forward-looking uh, cash flows. So just so that they have some sense of what their cash flows might look like over the next few weeks so that they can take action accordingly. So this and other things that we're, we're working on are also part of the Fundbox platform, which again, serves that B2B small business owner and helps them better manage their money. Tearsheet's Acquire Conference is coming up online for free this February 22nd. We're bringing together decision makers from top financial services and fintech companies to talk shop 
about successful branding, marketing, product, customer journeys, and acquisition in today's market. Our speaker lineup is exciting. Affirm, MasterCard, Current, Welcome Tech, Betterment, Even Financial, Strawberry Frog, Stash, and more. Head on over to the Tearsheet website to get your free tickets today. I can tell you, share something with you, Prashant, as you were describing that scenario about that Friday night uh, payroll. Um, I mean, I just, as you described that, I just felt, I felt the stress there um, having, have, you know, as, as a small business owner myself, like I just, I, I know those challenges in terms of timing. Um, is that a big component? Um, it sounds like it is uh, sort of being able to, to deal with the, the different timings of when things hit, when things go out. And, and providing clarity to it. Absolutely. As a small business owner, and especially as a B2B small business owner, uh, you're always dealing with the timings of cash flows. Your expenses are often incurred up front when you're delivering a product or a service to your clients. And oftentimes those expenses have to be paid, whether those are payroll or inventory or supplies not to mention other things like rent and insurance and so on, but your incoming cash is typically uh, against an invoice which has terms associated with it, and that 50, no, net 30, net 60, and so on. And so that timing difference does create a lot of stress. Not, not only is there this difference between incoming and outgoing, there's also the uncertainty. Right. Uh, a customer might end up paying you a, a little bit later than they expected, and that throws a bunch of things out of whack. And so we really want to be able to eliminate a lot of the headache that's caused by the timing of, of these cash flows. And by the way, one thing that it's sort of almost ironic is that these problems are worse for growing businesses. Because when you're growing, you're incurring expenses up front and then getting paid later. Like right. that actually hurts you more when you're growing. So ironically, the businesses that need that are are doing well because they're acquiring customers and they're serving them well are the ones that need often need working capital solutions the most and so that's something that's very it's a very big thing for us and we've spent a lot of time in understanding b2b transactions in being able to assess the risk of any particular transaction such that we are able to provide services like like what i just mentioned earlier mm-hmm. what we call flexpay to customers to help them with their with their transactions and their cash flows. So I'm curious to hear how how Funbox um, and your and your customers fared through you know the past couple of years of, of this pandemic. You know, sort of game plans have been thrown out the window. Um, can you talk a little bit about um, I guess the resilience in the business and resilience in your customers' yeah. business? Yeah, when COVID hit in March, uh, hit the US in March of 2020, we saw stress in our customer base. Uh, So obviously we have access to our customers' business systems. We saw a 35% drop in invoicing volume within within weeks. There was a pretty significant stress in the small business economy, not just with our customer base, but just more broadly. And and we, we, we saw that. Now, interestingly enough, our approach to serving customers is is very automated. We don't have human beings looking at numbers and making decisions on customers. We have people that build systems. We build 
machine learning models that take data from our customer systems and make predictions. Those predictions are converted into decisions through software. So we've built these automated systems that just keep looking at our customers' business and, and then assessing the, you know, what's going on and giving them the appropriate financial product. So when COVID hit, uh, what, we, what we were able to do was continue serving our customers in a responsible way and in a very surgical way because different customers ended up having different needs for capital at that time. And so one thing that we're particularly proud of is that we never stopped originating through the pandemic. We kept serving our customers through the, the you know, the, there was there was this three or six months of really difficult times back in, 20, uh, in, in 2020, where we did an incredible job of serving our customers and, and not going offline. And just by contrast, many folks that provide capital to small businesses stopped originating either temporarily or in some cases permanently. Mm-hmm. Uh, it wasn't just the small or the, the independent providers of capital, but even the some of the larger tech platforms that have capital arms uh, ended up pausing their originations. So come six months into the COVID, uh, into the COVID crisis, I think we had validated that our approach to serving customers, which is a combination of the data we get from them, the AI that we use, the products we offer them, that customer relationship was very, very, very robust. And so with that, with that knowledge and validation, we really started accelerating our, our customer growth coming into 2021. So last year has been a year of incredible growth for the company. We feel very confident about the solid foundation we are building our business on. And so we've, we've been really growing very fast. And um, we, we, you know, over uh, last year, we crossed uh, the $100 million in revenue run rate. We're well past that at this point. Uh, we're, uh, we, we raised a, a financing round because we were just seeing so much opportunity that uh, we were encouraged to, to raise more funds to raise more money ourselves so that we could continue adding more and more customers, acquiring customers, but then also continue expanding our platform with new products. So we raised a hundred million series D round at a $1.1 billion valuation. And, um, you know, by the end of, uh, by sometime towards the end of last year, we had connected with over 325,000 businesses and had transacted over, you know, two and a half billion uh, dollars uh, uh, on an all-time basis. So it really hit some very significant yeah. business milestones along the way that we're very excited about and coming into 2022 with a lot of momentum. So congratulations on on, on hitting those milestones. Um, before we move on to, I want to ask a little bit about the funding round, but um, just going back to keeping the spigot open, you know, during the worst of times uh, during the pandemic, um, a, I guess, sort of what inspired that as everyone else started, um, you know, closing up shop in terms of servicing their customers? Um, and, and B, did you, did you shift also into the PPP program? Yeah. So what we were inspired by or motivated by was the fact that our performance in terms of uh, credit was remained very strong through COVID. So 
uh, one of the measures, for example, you could use for credit performance is delinquencies. You know, what mm-hmm. percentage of our customers are running late in paying you? And we did see an increase in delinquencies when COVID hit in March, but those 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 numbers remained in the in the single digit percentage ranges. They went up a little bit, uh, and then came down in about a couple of months. So we never saw a huge spike in delinquencies. And by the middle of the summer, we were back at pre-COVID levels, even though June 2020, July 2020, COVID was still very much a thing and Mm -hmm. frankly still is today. Um, And so the fact that we kept our delinquencies under control gave us that validation that we could continue serving our customers without, uh, without uh, in, in a responsible way, and by contrast, by contrast, um, our what we saw in the industry was delinquencies exploding, so rising three x, ten x the 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 amounts pre COVID. So, if for example, our delinquencies peaked in the you know in the nine percent, ten percent range. We saw players with delinquencies in the 60% range. And so those folks were, were hurt very badly by those and had to take their operations offline, stop serving customers, in some cases never recovered from that, that setback. Mm-hmm. But, but we were able to continue serving our customers. And I think that was, um, that, that it, was, it was really satisfying to be able to continue serving customers through a time of great uncertainty. And... And in some ways, Zach, uncertainty hasn't gone away from our lives. I think even today, uh, when we think about every new strain of the virus, changes in the supply chain, I think uh, for better or worse, there is uncertainty. And so our ability to, to, uh, to make predictions in that uncertainty, predictions about our transactions, predictions about the business, and use those predictions to better serve customers is something that we, we think is a, is a really um, core advantage of, of, of the company. Um, Zach, you also asked about PPP or the payroll protection program. Yes, we did participate in this. Uh, we, uh, we, we were not a, a beneficiary of it. We didn't do it for ourselves, but we did let our customers and other, uh, other small businesses who later became our customers uh, you know, uh, use you uh, uh, get funds to us from the PPP. We we uh, we originated uh, uh, you know a, a few hundred million dollars. So we mm-hmm. we we sort of we we didn't go all in on PPP with the goal of just maximizing sort of revenues from that program. But we did we did do it to to support our our, our customers and as a way to also bring new customers onto onto our platform. People who really enjoyed or as much as possible anything can be enjoyed they they they, they like the experience on you know uh, on with ppp through through our platform and then decided to, to to stay on and use other products as well so you did see some conversion there of of oh yeah of clients that came in through pp and becoming core funbox customers absolutely absolutely um so in the remaining time that we have you mentioned um you just closed a hundred million dollar round, and I know you have some some payments products that you guys are working on. W- what are the use of proceeds? What do you What are you planning on investing that money in? So we're at a at a very interesting point in the company where we're growing 
both our customer base and our product offering. And typically as companies get larger, sort of they slow down their growth, but we're accelerating into 2022. And so we, uh, we plan to use the funds definitely for, for acquiring customers. And you know, we're, we're just seeing so much traction, both in direct acquisition, which is a big part of what we do, which is acquiring customers directly through our website or through our mobile app. But we're also seeing a lot of traction on the partnership side. So an important part of, of Fundbox is that roughly half our business comes through partners. And wherever possible, we are tailoring our experience to, to match the workflow of the partners. These are partners that serve small businesses. And think of Intuit and their QuickBooks product as, as a great example, or FreshBooks. We're also in the Synchrony Merchant Center. We're, you know, we're in the Eventbrite App Store. And so all of these sort of partnerships are driving more customer acquisition. And so that's, that's one of the ways we will sort of use the funds, more customers, more partners. And we're, by the way, we're seeing some really interesting traction, early traction with banks, where banks, whom you might think of as being competitive to Fundbox, are actually coming to us and saying, hey, you do a really good job of serving small businesses. For us, small businesses are stuck between our consumer business and our commercial business. Can you provide the technology and the user experience and the product experience for our customers? And you know, we, we bring, uh, we bring uh, our customers, we bring our balance sheet and, sort of, and, and, and have, you, have, you do, uh, have you do your thing to serve our customers better. So that's another area we're investing in. And we're also investing in expanding our platform further. So uh, adding more products. We, we're, um, you know, we're just about to launch a, a membership product. We, you know, we call it Funbox Plus, where uh, by, paying a, you know, by paying a monthly membership, you're unlocking uh, new features in the Funbox platform, a higher level of service, um, you know, uh, preferential pricing, and so on. So... Those are some of the things that we're doing. And again, over the course of the year, we'll be announcing new products, new offerings like, like memberships for our customers, but then also, hopefully, uh, some new partners, both the technology companies that we've been very successful at partnering with, because we're a tech company that's in our DNA. We've, we, you know, it's, uh, we've, that's our, that was uh, our first set of partners but also partnering with uh, more, maybe more traditional financial services institutions like banks where we can help them help their customers. So a lot of the capital that we've raised, and we're very well funded. Again, we raised, we raised $100 million, but, we, uh, but then we, uh, if you add to that what we already had from our previous fundraise back in 2019, we're very well capitalized, uh, and we intend to, to, to use you know, some of that to invest into the growth of the business. Prashant, it's been a pleasure talking today. Good luck in 2022. Thanks for joining us on the Tearsheet Podcast. Thank you so much, Zach. Thank you for having me. Stay ahead of the game with Outlier, Tearsheet's exclusive members-only content program. And join the leading financial services and fintech innovators reading us every day. Get in-depth exclusive briefings on banking, lending, payments, embedded finance, marketing, green finance, and bank chain, the intersection of crypto and banking, delivered daily to your inbox. Head on over to the Tearsheet website to sign up today.